does that mean we share the real gold nuggets right now? Just before oh, for, it right, right now. No, we tell everybody that they should have come on board about three minutes ago uh, when we were yes. chatting, like before the podcast interview, and makes them feel like they've missed out on all the nuggets. The ultimate <laughs> secret of business <laughs> is just sharing. <laughs> You're listening to the Fearless Business Podcast. You're in the best place to learn about how to grow a business, get more clients, and make more money without fears and limitations. All while having fun in the process. Robin Waite is the founder of Fearless Business, a business accelerator helping coaches, consultants, and freelancers double their income and more. This is Fearless Business, and this is Robin Waite. Right then, welcome Fearless Crew. Um, I've got an amazing guest uh, today, David Jennings, who is the um, uh, the founder of System Hub and also runs a digital agency. He is a um, an author, best-selling author, and basically lover of processes. So it's a real pleasure to invite you onto the show today, David. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. So you're you're fresh off the back, feeling reinvigorated after your recent uh, summit launch. So I, I I don't want to start with one of those vanilla questions where you say, "Tell us about David." Tell us about the summit because, like, you did an amazing job with that. You got three thousand plus people signed up to that. Yeah, it was an awesome event. It's the second time we've run it. Um, this whole idea um, came about from me thinking most of the problems that people have in business have already been solved before by someone else. So I run the event as a way to seek out experts who've solved particular problems in business. And then I get them to share step-by-step how they solve those problems. So it can be anything from finance to HR, to lead gen, to sales, to operations, like management. I just, I find speakers like John Warillo and uh, Mike McCallowitz and Alan Dibb and just have them come and share their best system and process as part of the summit. And then we pass those recordings to my team and get them to document it. So it's, yeah, just an awesome way for us to build a huge database of systems and processes. So uh, uh, John Morello is like one of my idols and I don't know if you can see behind me, but actually he's one of the two books yes, which has pride of place behind my corner. microphone that built itself. Yep. Uh, the guy's an absolute legend. So um, uh, of the, with the summit, so how did um, System Hub kind of come about and what, you know, what was the journey in terms of kind of getting System Hub off the ground? Yeah, so it all started for me with a digital agency that I got stuck in for about 10 years before I finally stepped out. So I own a company called Melbourne SEO and then um, we got pregnant um, a few years ago now, actually four and a half years ago, um, a little bit before that because it takes nine months to cook. And uh, when I found out we were pregnant, I thought, oh, I'm just putting so much time and effort and energy into this digital agency. I was doing you know, the classic 70, 80 hour work weeks. And I just thought, I don't want to be that dad who's always too busy. So there's got to be a better way. I needed to learn how to systemize the business and then step out of the operations and plug someone in. So that's what I did. I used that pivotal moment of finding out we were pregnant, gave myself a bit of a deadline. um, And then we just went hell for leather and systemized as much as we could. 
then recruited someone to step in. And then I, I took this or went through this process of really removing myself from the business and thinking more in terms of this business. Uh, I, I now see business as broken if it's dependent on the business owner. For me, a, a good business works without the business owner. The business owner comes in and should be doing the magic. They should be doing the, the big opportunities, the big deals, but they shouldn't be involved in that day-to-day operations. That should happen independent. And that, that was kind of like once I'd stepped out, I actually took a little bit of time off and kind of reevaluated. I built up uh, System Hub as a side project, as a hobby project. Uh, System Hub is a place to store businesses, systems, processes, and checklists and do it in the cloud. And um, it was kind of sitting off to the side, which we created to solve our own problem. But then I realized that's really where my passion is. And um, I recognized that I want to help business owners remove themselves from the operations. And I've, I've really started to double down on solving that problem. So I'm interested about, um, you know, uh, by the way, it sounds to me like your journey is very similar to mine, like brothers from another mother here with that whole, like having a family and the impact that children have on you and your decision-making and things like that. And it changes your perspective on things. And I also think it's quite hard for people who don't have children to fully understand exactly what happens, but it's magical. I I was never more energized uh, than in the first year after each of my girls was born. And I bet it sounds to me as if there was a little bit the same thing going on with you. You kind of just harness that energy. It's a really great time to to use that because it's like there's a lot of pressure going on there. So there's a lot of opportunity to direct that pressure to get a great result. That's it. It's, um, it's that, right, we've got limited resources, limited time now here. I'm exhausted. Like what are the one or two things like here that I'm going to focus on? And it, yeah, gives you gives you an awful lot of clarity, I think, and drive. But I, my, I'm curious about the, um, I don't want to dig too much into the agency. I want to talk about like System Hub and what you're doing with it now. But there's a couple of questions I've got about. So how long was the agency running for? Uh, so it's still running. Uh, it's been around for 13 years. Wow. And I was stuck in it for about 10 of those years, very much heavily involved in the operations, sales, pretty much wherever I needed to be. I was getting drawn into attending to existing clients, winning new clients, onboarding, troubleshooting, having a look in the finances, trying to do the strategic direction for the business. Um, You know, when HR issues escalated, because we have a team of about, at the moment, it's kind of uh, we've got full-time about 13, but then there's some contractors and other people that we kind of work with part-time and odd jobs and those sorts of things. But there were just a lot of moving parts that, that needed me. Yeah. And you've got a CEO now. How how easy or how hard was it to kind of make that decision to bring somebody else in to run your ship for you? <laughs> definitely challenged a lot of what I thought about business and how special I thought I was and how unique I thought I was in what I was doing. I actually used to think I was quite good at managing people. And it wasn't until I got a good manager in that I realized I wasn't that good at that. And it started me (laughs) to realize where I was good. Like I'm great at coming up with ideas, setting direction, um, getting things off the ground, um, you know, taking an idea and bringing it into reality. I'm not as good with managing the people and having the, that consistent component, all the things that are needed for um, sort of growing a business beyond the startup phase. So it was, 
it was challenging to let go uh, to the point where I also uh, let the buck stop with the CEO as far as decisions. Initially, when I was doing that transition, sometimes I was doing things to undermine her decision and I'd have uh, team members come to me, you know, if they weren't happy with the decision or they wanted a certain result because I was a bit easy. I was a little bit of a pushover where she was a little bit harder. So they'd come to me uh, and sometimes I'd undermine her. And that was a thing where I just started to realize, no, it all needs to channel channel through her. I need to let her, um, you know, call the shots because that ended up empowering her and then got her to kind of elevate up and take responsibility and ownership. And, and it's funny being the owner of a company, but then giving the responsibility and making the final call to someone else. That's, it ended up being a very special relationship with that I, ha- that I have with my CEO because, you know, she knows how to challenge me and she'll call me on certain things. I think um, one, one example I can remember, um, I was also giving work to certain team members because I had something on my plate. I thought it was urgent and important because it was urgent and important for me. Um, and I wasn't going through the appropriate channels because we have, you know, we use Asana for our project management and, you know, we need to balance workloads and all those sorts of things. And she publicly called me out in front of the team, basically saying, uh, do not take any of David's urgent um, job requests. There is a process here. He knows he should be following the process and no one is above the law. And that was for me a great, uh, then that really gave me confidence to know that she was the one to be running it because she knew how and where to challenge me. Um, and, and that's just been such a great sort of um, step for the business and, and gave me the confidence to step out. I, I absolutely love that because um, in that in that process of challenging, it also demonstrates the level of trust that you've obviously built up with her because she, she obviously trusted you enough that she could do that. Like what is probably a very difficult decision for her to call you out in public, but know that you wouldn't like lose your shit basically. And um, kind of, you know, it was like, actually, yeah, we can learn an awful lot from this, which I think is absolutely yeah. fantastic. So it's clearly like, an awful lot of alternative? trust. I, I, the alternative was I call her out on it and then I'm, it again. I'm back into it. So yeah. that's where I kind of got to the point where I, I started to think, unless someone else can run this, it, it, it is broken because all it is, is me. It's just a job. It's, it's not a real business. Yeah. So, so baby number one comes along and what's his name? Uh, Nathaniel's number one. Nathaniel. So Nathaniel comes along and, um, you're, you, you kind of realize that now's the time that you had this idea probably bubbling away for a while, I guess, around system hub and sit or the system side of things, took a bit of time out, um, to spend with the family. And at what point did you kind of know what, um, when, did, when did you kind of make that decision? When did you know that system hub was where your heart was and where you kind of wanted to spend your time? I started getting clients from the digital agency because they got so used to me being there. And then when I wasn't there, they had people outreaching, kind of going, where did you go? Melissa was fielding all of the requests as they would go through to her. She was, you know, very rarely were people coming into contact. So I had some people outreach and then say, what have you done? How did you, you know, manage to do this and step out? And then I just, I actually started showing a couple of people what I had done, like the process I went through to extract myself and capture what we were doing. And then those few turned into a few more. And then I started running like a monthly call with a group of about 10 business owners and then ended up running this little 
like um, accelerator that ran over six months where I took a group of 30 business owners through the, the process. And I didn't have a name for the process at the time. Um, but I, I started to work with these business owners and see, um, I intuitively knew systems was a big part of being able to break free. But every time I talked to, to about systems with a lot of business owners and founders, they had a lot of these myths and misconceptions around what systems were and how they would be created and the result they would have. You know, people would say that having systems removes creativity or they would say the business owner needs to create the systems and I don't have time. Or they'd say, even if I had systems and processes in place, my team aren't going to follow them. And, or maybe I need a system like McDonald's. There were all of these things that were getting in the way of them getting systems um, in, uh, installed in their business. So it got me thinking, right, there are clearly some challenges here that business owners need to overcome. And then I, you know, we had the software system hub and that sort of started to build some momentum. But then I, I really realized the software is just a small piece of it. You, um, the, and I developed a thing called systemology, which is my seven step process for systemizing a business. It's the system for systemizing business. And it starts to first change the psychology of the business owner, but then for systems to actually work, you need to change the culture in the company. You need to get everybody thinking in terms of systems. You need them, you know, the, if the problem goes on in the business, you don't look at the staff member first, you look to the system and then it's the system's fault. It's always the system's fault until the point at which you realize it's in the system and the team member hasn't followed the system. Then that's you, a different. Do you know, there's, there's hundreds of people hopefully who are going to be watching this or listening to this at some point going, oh, I knew it wasn't me. I knew, I knew it was those damn systems the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly right. And it's, it's funny that, um, I say that um, to to take a little bit of pressure off for those founders and business owners, uh, typically speaking, you are the worst person in your organization to be creating these systems and processes because that's another big hurdle people think. They think, you know, I'm going to have to be the one that creates it. I'm busy enough as it is like and systems and process always very important but it's never urgent the client on the phone who has the issue is urgent winning new sales that's urgent you, you'll you never create enough space to work on systems um, when you're in that startup phase that you've got to find other ways to do it I remember when I, when I first set up the coaching practice, um, I, straight away I introduced uh, or implemented acuity scheduling, uh, a simple assessment form using type form and one or two other bits of automation kind of to link everything up. And I remember somebody saying to me once, uh, Robin, I really don't like how um, unpersonal your onboarding process is. You know, I was like, what do you mean? Well, I've got to go through these steps and like talk to like, you know, fill out forms and stuff before I get to speak to you. I was like, exactly. I said, the, sim the fact that you, you fill out those forms means I have more time to be able to give away those free 30 minute kind of consultation slots like this. So you have to kind of go through that filtering process in order to get access to 
the you know to me and to to the the bits of coaching that are going to be helpful to you and then all of a sudden kind of the penny drops for her and she's like oh right now i get it oh i want some of that in my business so the psychology of it is like super interesting i liken it to a bit like how you had to hand off responsibility to your ceo in your old agency there is also that little bit of a business owner who doesn't want to hand off responsibility of like processes to a system yes yeah i think um as well i always say the best place to start is to uh, replicate what's already happening i like to systemize when someone already has a little bit of traction and you know they've got clients they've got a going business they've got product to market fit Um, it's the business owner who is just too busy right now because they're wearing all of these hats spinning lots of plates um and what we want to try and do is start to replicate pieces of what they're doing and systemize them. Sometimes it's moving it into some automation software like you're talking about. Sometimes it's just documenting it and then getting it over to a virtual assistant to do or a bookkeeper or someone like that. You just want to start breaking off pieces of what it is that you're doing so that the things that are recurring and repetitive and you're not adding any magic to those are the bits that you need to get off your plate uh, sooner rather than later. The ultimate step is to completely step out. Um, even, you know, the, the bits of magic that you are adding, if you can have a, a core product or service that you can deliver that isn't dependent on the business owner, that's when you really start to get good traction because it frees you up to then go, hey, I, I'm not going to sabotage myself. Sometimes you'll sabotage the sales process or how much you can sell because you're worried about capacity and delivery. But if you've got that under control, you can actually sell a heck of a lot more and feel more comfortable with it. It was a, it was a big um, uh, sort of... Uh, you know, shift with fearless business when we shifted from sort of one-to-one to group only at the start of 2019 and being able to enroll clients on mass, as opposed to kind of one by one by one, which is kind of how I thought coaching should be done. And when we, when we switched into group and started to kind of look at those systems and process for enrollment and delivery in terms of the coaching calls and stuff like that. And it's like, I look at what I've created now and it's ready for, you know, we could, we could be enrolling a hundred plus clients a month if we wanted to without the thing breaking, which is quite remarkable. And, you know, I'm still heavily involved with the sales processes and things like that. And my, my ultimate, my, ultimately my goal is, um, you know, to get this business to a point like you, where I have, I, I kind of just come in and set the vision for, you know, the coaching, the IP, the intellectual property, which, you know, we deliver, but I have a team of coaches. I have a little sales team and a couple of guys running, you know, my chat bots, my marketing stuff. And I can kind of just come in every now and knock out a coaching call, you know, Q and a session and it's all tickety boo. But, but, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot, a long way to go before, you know, that happens. So let's, um, you know, if, if people are kind of listening to this, what, what, what would you say are like the first sort of couple of steps? So you talked about kind of documenting things. So is documenting the first step? Yeah. So um, the first thing that you'll do um, in the systemology process, step number one is define. So you just want to get very clear on um, the target audience that you're serving and um, just pick to start off with a central product or service that you can sell that could be delivered without the business owner. I like to think of products that are a great gateway into the rest of your product offering. So in the digital agency for us, it was 
um, websites. We, we actually wanted to work with franchisors because uh, that was a good audience for us um, and their websites because we found in the digital agency we had other products that we could sell them after that but if we started with a website first we could see how we worked with them as a client and if we liked when we got to the end of it because there's a real defined end point with the website build we could then decide whether or not we wanted to um, offer the other products and services for, for marketing it. So once you get clear on those two things then the critical client flow you map it out on a page um, where uh, you think it's kind of like a customer journey, but you think about what's going on um, for the delivery of the product or service as well. So you visually map out how do you get customers? How do you answer the inquiry? How do you go through the sales process? How do you issue out an invoice? How do you onboard them? How do you deliver the product or service? And then how do you get them to come back? Doing that on a bit of paper um, identifies about 10 to 15 core processes that if you just start there would enable you to deliver your product or service without the business owner. And then you start high level. Some systems are easier to capture than others. Things like the operations um, and let's say the onboarding of a client or the delivery of the work, usually that's the most complex. So just start high level and grab the bullet points of what happens. But, you know, higher up the critical client flow, whether it's answering the phone or the inbound inquiry, that might be something you can very easily, you know, get a Zoom recording or a loom or, you know, something to capture it actually getting done. So step one really is all about when it comes to systemization, there's usually hundreds of systems you could systemize. Business owners get overwhelmed. So it's um, the critical client flow is about the 80-20. How do you find the 20% of the systems that is going to get you that big 80% of the result? And, and that comes from capturing just one product that can be delivered without the business owner. And then you move through the other stages um, where um, you then start to think like stage number two is um, the assigned phase, who in the team has the knowledge on how to do those steps that we can then just capture what they're doing. The, 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 the more you can capture team members um, that are already doing that task and get them to record it, um, the, the better. And if we can take it off the business owner's plate, then we move to step number three, which is the extract phase. Now that's about making it as easy as possible where the big insight here for me was systemization. It's a two-person role. You've got the person who has the knowledge and then you have the person who's the documenter. Oftentimes, that's two separate people. So, you just record that team member doing their thing. You know, maybe it's, um, you know, the way that you issue out an invoice and you hop, record them hopping into MYOB or Zero record them doing it. That video then might get stored in something like System Hub. And then you would have another team member who watches that video, who pulls out the key steps. And we have a, a thing we call a system for creating systems. Um, and you can actually get that for free. If you go to systemhub.com um, and you scroll down to the bottom, there's a, a free um, template on, on a system for creating systems. But it's this idea that you then give the video to someone else to create the first version of the documentation. Because if, if it's left to the business owner, they're too busy. 
usually your best team members are too busy as well. So you want to make it as easy as possible for that capturing. Um, then the next stage in the process, step number four, um, is the um, uh, we've got uh, assign, extract, yeah, organize is the next phase. Um, and organize is then thinking about where are these systems stored and what project management platform do you use? Because you want to be able to assign who is doing what by when and then have very clear expectations in the how-to document that outline that. So you just have to get your software stack right. Yeah. And um, then the next stage after that, um, after the organize uh, is then... Uh, integrate uh, and integrate is then about getting the buy-in from your team, uh, meeting the resistance and um, understanding that the biggest resistance comes from your existing staff. But once you get good systems and processes in place, as you grow and you hire new staff, that's all they ever know. They only know the way that you're systemizing. So they fall into line much quicker. You just have to work. There's teething periods at the start. And then the final two stages are um, you've got uh, the scale stage. That's all about what are the systems outside of the critical client flow required for growing. So things like hiring staff, onboarding them and managing them. What do your finance systems look like? Uh, what are your, you know, um, what are your management systems look like? Um, so you get that done. And then the final stage is the optimization. And this, the optimization is actually last and it addresses this idea when people think of systemization, the first business they usually think of is McDonald's when they think of a well-systemized business um, and they think I should systemize like McDonald's. And that's a little bit like, you know, looking at an elite athlete and then trying to take on their exercise regime and trying to compete at that level. What you should be thinking is how did McDonald's systemize 60 years ago? Where did they get started? And you make it easy for yourself right up front. And the optimization I leave to the end because I just say you're much better off capturing what you're currently doing. And at least if you get consistency amongst your team if if in the assigned phase you're picking the best team member who can do that task anyway if you get everybody up to that level that's a win then the next step after that then go find a business coach who can look at your systems and processes see what you're doing see you've got a dashboard and then go hey i can see what you're doing you should um, re-engineer this piece of the business. And that's when you get someone like Robin who comes in and they can then look at what you're doing and just go, Hey, you press here, here, and here, and you'll triple your turnover. Um, and that's, we, we kind of, yeah, try and just get a baseline for someone like Robin to move in to then do their best work. Cause sometimes I mean, you'd probably speak to that. You go into some businesses and it's just a, a shambles and you got to first just get the basics in place before you can even start to do the really exciting stuff. Well, that, that's it. I mean, we, we, our focus is always on that productization process. So it's like the, fir- the very first part of, you know, where you're defining the target audience and picking that one product. Actually that's um, you know, that's the point where I probably would have come in and said, well, you need to, you need to travel your prices and, um, here's how you can optimize that product to make sure that, it, you know, it, 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 it's, it's spot on for exactly what the client needs. Um, and then you can start to go through, you know, your, your systemology process yes. and, and implement it. Um, and I, Arthur, it's interesting. There was, it was when you got to point 
five where you're talking about integrate and getting that buy-in from the team straight away i was like and this is where fearless comes from well the fears kick in because now we're they probably their first thing is well is this system going to replace me yeah you know and there'll be worries and concerns um is it is it um disempowering me is it taking away responsibility there's this thing i've been showing up to work for five years doing this pushing the same buttons every single day and like now I'm kind of redundant because the system does it for me. And I can see how probably the people in this process is the hardest part to get right. Yeah. And it is the bit that is uh, most overlooked and least well addressed and where I want to do my best work because you're right. It has to do with putting yourself in the shoes of the team member and then helping them to understand what the win is for them. No one likes to go away on holiday and then come back to an inbox with 600 emails and nothing's actually happened. If you can let them know by systemizing, you can go away on holidays and actually have a holiday because you know your role is being taken care of. Or if you know that the team member wants to move up in the organization, if you let them know by systemizing, you can then plug lower cost team members in underneath. That frees you up to take on higher responsibility, which actually makes you more valuable to the business. So it's about thinking um, each individual team member has their own objectives and what they're trying to do. Uh, And you need to help them to understand how this ends up being a win for them. It's not the business owner coming in and saying, right, I want to offshore all of these tasks and I want to, you know, get rid of you. So let's systemize so we can replace you. You, you help them understand that this makes everything more efficient and there's a real win for, for them. And also at times, sometimes some team members won't come along for the journey. Like some team members like the idea of creating a black box around them where there's no visibility, uh, there's no transparency on what they're doing. And that gives them job security because they're really doing an average job and just no one actually knows what they're doing. So sometimes when it's optimizing their role, poor performers, um, that, that gets them scared. So that sometimes does happen, but it's, that's usually just at the start when you make this shift and this becomes part of your culture. And I suggest even having systems thinking as one of the values in your business, when it comes to recruiting and you have a job description that links to systems and processes that are relevant to their particular role, you're setting the tone right up front that this is the type of organization we are. If you're not happy to, you know, see these systems and processes and this is what you're going to be doing, then you're not the right fit. But more often than not, a lot of team members, they actually thrive under these conditions because you're, you're showing them how to win in their role. You're, you're giving them the expectations and that, you know, makes it easier for them to succeed in the role. It's not about creating robots. This is not, you know, it may be if you were, um, running a hamburger business and you're hiring 15 year olds, then you would have, you know, absolute minute detail and every single system. And it has to be done a certain way. I don't create systems like that. Some systems require more detail. Some systems are more like a framework because you're hiring a talented team member, but you still want to give them structure. You want to, here's how to onboard a client. Here's how we set up projects. Here's how we report through to the client on a regular basis. So they know what's going on. There's a lot of things that happen um, that can be systemized, but, but not always like 
McDonald's systemization. Yeah, and they took it to the nth degree. And there's, there's obviously that well-known documentary which there came out in the form of a film recently about McDonald's. Well, I can't remember what it was called. The but, founder, um, yes. The founder, that's it. And, and you see kind of, I mean, I, I don't know how true to life that is, but where you see them kind of like refining and laying out, you know, where the bits of the kitchen are going to go and they put lay out tape on the floor and they're all doing the, the movements and yes. stuff like that. You're like, wow. I mean, it's not, it's not like they just happened upon this magic system they tested yeah. refined tested refined tested refined uh, i love what you said as well about culture i think um you know getting people to a point whereby almost they can um uh give them that sense of ownership over creating and building better systems because that that feels like kid like it feels like taking you back to when you were building lego and stuff like that as a four-year-old and and that's really what business in my opinion should kind of be like it should be about having fun and being creative and building stuff and uh, not not feeling in fear which i think unfortunately a lot of employees do you know quite often yes. yeah i think um there's a level of transparency and everything seems to run smoother when you, you set up the rules of the game that's really what systems and processes and policies are all about um you you don't have to do it in a big corporate fashion either. Like I feel like that's where systemology fits. Um, there's this space of uh, for small and medium sized businesses where systems and processes are just, it's an overlooked area. People think of like lean and six Sigma and a lot of these, um, you know, methodologies that have been designed for, you know, large corporates with 200 employees or manufacturing. And it just doesn't translate. It's way overkill for the small business that there is a hybrid model in there where you, you get a lot of this benefit and you're setting yourself up for success, but you're not documenting how do I take out the trash or things that just don't impact the bottom line? <laughs> it's like, it's, that falls into like the li just basic living. Like these are things yes, that you should just yeah. be able to do. If you can't, if you don't know how to keep an office tidy and put the trash out, you're probably pretty shit at living and maybe this job isn't for you. Listen, what's... I prefer to hire really smart people. See, I, I, it's a classic thing. You can have... Um, amazing systems and, you know, really bad staff and, you know, no matter how good your systems are, they're going to run it into the ground. Or you can have amazing staff and average systems and they'll do really well. So the key is that you need the two together. You need the systems, which gives them a framework, and then you plug excellent people in and then that's when the magic starts to happen. Nice. I, I love that. So what's next for System Hub? And for David, yeah. and I know you mentioned you possibly got a book coming out in 2020, which I'm very excited yes. about. I'll be, uh, I'll be chasing you for a signed copy of that when it's launched. So, but what's what's yeah. next? What's happening in 2020? Um, I'm into the final stages of writing Systemology, the book. So uh, we've come out with the, the framework and the education, this seven-step process that I teach by, and I've been running these small groups through. And I just wanted to kind of distill all that down into a book. So that'll come out next year. Um, and I'll use that as a calling card to call out a very specific type of person. I want to build up a group of systemologists. So people who will actually go out and help business owners implement systemology and, and systemizing business. Cause I, I realized there's a very small percentage of them that can um, do it yourself. There are these self learners out there who can do it, but I find the reason people go to business coaches and, and work with people like yourself is because 
they want someone who's got the smarts, someone who's done it before, someone who gives a, a level of accountability and really drives it through and makes sure it happens and keeps them honest and keeps them, you know, sticking to what their commitment is. And I, I, the more I've done systemization with businesses, I find you need someone to keep championing this forward in business over a long period of time. So I've got a great framework. The next step for me now is to kind of pair it up with someone to really then work with the business owner on a long sort of ongoing basis. There's something um, as a thought, which is running around my head as well about, you know, you making yourself redundant through systems from a system business. It's almost like this, um, you know, when you look down that, that funnel of mirrors and it like just goes on and on and on, but you can end up, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I, that's one thing I've realized with what we're doing with systemology. At the moment, I'm still, we're, we're in startup mode. When you are in startup mode, uh, the business owner, the founder, they're in there, they're doing the work, they're delivering, they're, they're hammering everything out. They're creating the system. They are that system architect. And then there's a point where the business owner needs to step away. Most business owners don't make that step. But for me, that's, I'm getting close to what, that's what I now need to do. Exactly what I did in the digital agency. I have to do in this systemology system hub business um, to be the best example of what it is that we're teaching. There we go. And so when you have made yourself redundant from your business, and I, you, you strike me as the sort of guy who you like me. I, I, I would never, I could never get bored of being in business. So I would just find something else to do with my time. What, what do you do outside of um, System Hub and your agency and you know things like that? Like recreation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, I live down at the beach, uh, so I'm do a little bit of kiteboarding. And uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu is probably my main thing. I'm not, not sure if you're familiar with that, but um, just grappling. So a bit of sort of martial arts, uh, that sort of stuff. A bit of pottering in the garden, hanging out with the kids. That's kind of how I try and keep a little bit of balance. But, yeah, like you, I think, I don't know if I'll ever retire. Like I, I think um, there'll always be something going on. I think that's part of the spice of life, just kind of having a goal, something that you're working towards and, and looking to have an impact. I keep on saying, you know, my wife's just like, oh, you're never going to be on your deathbed wishing you'd worked harder. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe, maybe the day before I'm on my deathbed, like, I'll, you know, I'll, but I'll be working up until that point. I just, I love what I do. And it strikes me that you're the same with me and passionate about business, passionate about, about, about improving business and making people's lives easier through business. Um, I think it's, um, I'm really excited for you about, um, about the book. I think it's the seven step process sounds amazing. So yeah, literally can't wait to get my hands on that. Um, I've got a couple more questions or one more question really. Yeah. Um, and then we'll wrap up, but, um, if we were to take uh, jump into the fearless business time machine and go back 10 years, what advice would you give to yourself? I would say uh, purchase some stock in Google, Amazon, and Netflix. <laughs> that's amazing. You're the first person who said that, but that, that's absolutely right. <laughs> I love it. We'd, we'd probably be having a completely different conversation if both of our alter egos had done that like 10 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I bet I, I bet System Hub would still be around. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think yeah. I mean, more seriously, I think um, yeah. The uh, I'd probably just suggest to myself or, or let myself know right up front if the business depends on me, the business is broken. I think that was the advice I'd give because I'd work 
quicker, harder, and sooner to get myself out of the business because it's it's broken if it depend, depends on you. It's okay yeah. to start there, but you don't want to stay there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's, um, it's the whole principle of kind of built to sell as well. And like most business owners, like 99.9% of business owners are never going to sell their business. But the simple fact is, and what John Rarely kind of really hits home is that you should build it as though you would sell it. And that means making yourself redundant from your own business, like systemizing it to that point whereby it's attractive to somebody else, but then it's running optimally. It's exactly where it should be. I had um, a client just recently reach out and they canceled from System Hub. Uh, She'd been with me for a little over two years um, and it was really strange because when she canceled, she sent me a note and said, Oh, look, I want to unsubscribe. And I said, Oh, but I can tell that you're using the platform. All of your staff are in there. You're using it frequently. And um, why are you unsubscribing? Uh, and then she said, uh, I've just sold the business. I, um, I sold to a big corporate. Her name's Jeanette and she runs a, a company called Diggity Doggity Daycare. And it's a doggy daycare center. Uh, she worked in that business for yeah, good many number of years towards the end kind of decided that she wanted to sell. Um, she realized that the two key things that the acquirer would look for is the financials to make sure it was a solid business and systems. She systemized the heck out of it um, and then sold it, got a very high multiple because she got it to a point where it was working without her and um, as a doggy daycare. So they, the acquirer saw it as something that they could roll out nationwide. Uh, and then they ended up uh, buying and because it was a large corporate, they had their own uh, internal custom built uh, knowledge center that they use for all of the systems. So they just exported everything out of system hub and then added it to their platform. And while it was sad to see her go for me, that was like just a, a, a big win. Like that's really, that's the biggest win for me is where I can move a business owner out from those operations to the point at which it was saleable. Like that's, that's what we're here to do. Oh mate, go go and send a camera crew over there and get get that testimonial video done. <laughs> yeah, well, she's awesome. traveling around Australia now. She got a big load of cash. I, I did a Skype, like a Zoom with her and recorded it. I've got a, a written case study, but when she's in Melbourne next, for sure. Well, maybe yeah, I do it. Do it. I, I, love, I love stuff like that. You know, when, when clients kind of let you know that... Um, uh, you know, I, I've, I, one of my clients just had a baby, which is pretty cool. I can kind of be, we've had, that's our second fearless baby. Uh, we've, we've got a, um, another client who we got them from 800 pound a month up to six and a half K a month, mostly through systemization, optimizing the pricing and things like that. But, um, they were able to move house, get married and stuff like that. And I'm just like, do you know, those are the things which really matter. The amount of people who say, Robin, why don't you work with bigger businesses? You can make so much more money. And I'm like, don't care. Like I want to help people actually make life different, life changes, life differences. Um, yes. You know, that's yeah. what it's all about. That's exactly what yes, it's all about. Those stories. You just keep collecting those stories. That's, yeah, that's what it's about. Cool, man. Right. Uh, so you, you mentioned um, there was a free template on the systemhub.com website for people to go and download. Yep. So um, we'll drop a, a link to that in the Facebook Live and also into the show notes of the podcast when it goes out. Um, but how can, if somebody wants to contact you, David, how can I get in touch with you? Yeah. Look, heading over to systemhub.com. Um, there is the links down in the footer to some of the social media channels. You can contact me through the site as well. Um, there's even a link in there to our podcast. 
which is just systemhub.com forward slash podcast, uh, where we take sessions from that business system summit that we talked about earlier. And we'll, we'll look at having you on the next summit um, where we, we interview people and get them to share a system or a process. But yeah, everything's pretty much on systemhub.com. Awesome. Listen, David, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've dropped some proper knowledge bombs on there that I think people are, um, are going to get tremendous value out of. Um, and I'd encourage everybody to go and take a look at um, systemhub.com. Uh, grab hold of that template. And obviously we'll look out for the systemology book um, coming out next year and I'll do whatever I can to kind of help you promote that. But thank you ever so much for your time for the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having us. 